I want to share, uh, I just want to share a, a message, and um, I typically on Christmas Eve do try to be uh, brief. We'll see how that goes. But there's some things that I want to share at this time from God's Word. I was listening several years ago to a talk show in which the host was asking people to call in and to share some Christmas stories. Specifically, what he asked was he, he wanted people to call in and, and share about the worst Christmas gift they had ever received. The worst Christmas gift they had ever received. One lady uh, called in and she told a story about her mother-in-law, <laughs> but how her mother-in-law had given her a really ugly Christmas sweater. And this lady got offended. She took it personally. Why would she give me an ugly Christmas sweater? Why did she try to tell me she was not happy about this? In fact, she was so mad because of this gift that uh, when she got it, presumably her, mom, her mother-in-law wasn't in the room because when she got it, she was so mad when she saw it, she threw it on the floor and she stomped on it, started stomping on this gift. She was so mad at this ugly sweater which she didn't think was an appropriate Christmas gift. And then the next year, apparently, she was still mad at her mother-in-law because the next year, she gave it right back to her as a Christmas gift. She, she wrapped it, put it in a box, wrapped it, and gave it back to her. The funny thing is that her mother-in-law didn't recognize the sweater, and she loved it. She just thought it was the best thing she had gotten that year. So I guess it's all a matter of perspective. And, and I hope you've never gotten a gift that made you mad. Hope you've never gotten a gift that made you throw it away or throw it on the ground and stomp on it. Uh, hope you ne you've never gotten a gift that made you think, oh, well, I guess it's the thought that counts. And so today I want to talk to you about Christmas gifts, but I want to talk to you about God's or Christ's Christmas gifts to you. Christ's kiss Christmas gifts, rather, to you. These gifts, I guarantee you, won't make you mad. These gifts from God to you won't make you think, oh, well, it's the thought that counts. God meant well. No, these are perfectly suited for you. These are personal. They're practical. They're useful. These gifts will not, will, will not break, will not go bad. In fact, these gifts will change your life. These gifts will last forever. In fact, this is, I would go even further and say, th these are the most expensive gifts that you will ever receive or that you have ever received. Because 2,000 years ago, God invaded earth. God came down to earth in the form of a baby. God sent his son Jesus down to earth, which is by far the most significant event in all of history. We mark our, our dates by that event when we write a date I, we used to say when you write a date on your check, but we don't write a whole lot of checks anymore. But anytime you write a date, you're marking this event. And so when Jesus came, God gave us a gift. An indescribable gift is the way that Paul refers to Jesus. He's an indescribable gift. But there are some things that happen when we receive the gift of Jesus and we receive the gifts that come along with Jesus in our lives. And so I'm going to very quickly go through four things that happen when we receive the gift of Jesus into our lives. The first thing is, and the first uh, gift that comes as a result of the indescribable gift is God's presence. You get God's presence and you lose your loneliness. 
You get God's presence when you receive Jesus into your life and you lose your loneliness. Now God is going to be with you. He's going he's gonna to be in your heart uh, for the rest of your lives, all the time. You know, I've been a pastor for a long time and I've talked to many, many people and I've come to the conclusion that one of the great problems that people face here on earth is loneliness. Everybody eventually has to deal with loneliness. Uh, in fact, yesterday I was uh, scrolling on, on Twitter and I came across uh, a tweet by a young man. I don't know who he is, but he, uh, he's from, and he tweeted this yesterday. He's from England. He's from England. And his tweet said, among my friends, I'm the only one that is single. He said, and so I deal with loneliness a lot. And, uh, and, and he, made it, he made it clear. He said, look, I'm not, this is not a cry for help. I'm fine with this, but I want to share. And he had a thread on, on Twitter. He says, I want to share 10 ways that you can deal with your loneliness, 10 ways that I deal with my loneliness. And I read through the thread. I thought, man, these are outstanding. They were really good. Uh, and uh, the first one, he says, the first thing is do something for somebody else. And he gave some ideas. He said, even if you just go out and you smile at a stranger, do something for somebody else. And his second tip for dealing with loneliness was plan out your day. Plan out your day. Get out there and do something and plan it in advance so you don't just stay at home binging on Netflix and feeling sorry for yourself. And so he had some really, really good tips. He didn't mention, though... Um, there was no indication that he's, he's a Christian. He, he did mention wh what I, I believe uh, from my experience and from talking to others is really the primary way that we learn to, to deal with loneliness, and that is to receive the gift of Jesus into our lives, into our hearts. Because we all, we all deal with, with loneliness. Uh, some people, and you might know some people, uh, friends, family, that this year lost a loved one, and there's a big sense of loss in their heart, and they're not feeling very merry this Christmas. Or maybe people are, are lonely because their family is distant. They're not with their family, and so they're not feeling very happy, and they're feeling alone, feeling lonely. Uh, somebody might be feeling lonely today because maybe this is a year that they went through a divorce. They didn't ask for this. They didn't want this, but it, it happened, and their heart has been torn apart during this very, very painful situation. And so what I want to say to you is if you're feeling lonely or feeling abandoned, you're feeling forsaken this time of year, let me remind you that God is with you. God is with you. In fact, Matthew 1, 23, the, the message of the angel to Joseph included these words, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So the angel was quoting from the prophet Isaiah, and, and the virgin will conceive. The son that she will bear will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. God is with you. When you accept God's presence into your life, that's a first of God's Christmas gifts to you. Here's another gift that comes wrapped up in, in Jesus Christ, and, and that is God's pardon. You get God's presence, but you also get God's pardon. You get God's pardon, and that means you receive a second chance. You receive a second chance. I know for a fact that everybody here today, people watching online, 
would do certain things differently if they had another chance to do them. Now, I don't want to go back to my teenage years, Lord, no. <laughs> I don't want to go back to being in high school or even college, you know. But there are some times that I think, you know, I, I would just have done that differently. Or even more recent, even more recent history. Uh, because nobody gets it right all the time. Nobody's perfect. I mean, I don't measure up to my own standards, much less to God's standards. And you're the same way. We're all in the same boat. Everybody's blown it. We've all made mistakes. We've all had failures. We've all sinned. And the good news, though, is that God gives us a second chance. I, I used to play golf. I don't play golf anymore. But when I did play, I wasn't a very good golfer. There were some real uh, funny you know, outings that I had with, with uh, some friends of ours. Uh, but there is a word that I learned very early in my years of playing golf that I really uh, like, and that was the word mulligan. If you play golf, you know that that's a great word, isn't it? Mulligan is a great word because in golf it means if you make a bad shot, you, you get a second chance. You just say, I'm going to take a mulligan. Now, presumably, you do that only one time in the 18 holes, but, you know, when it's just you and your buddy, you take several, several mulligans, and, and the first one doesn't count against your score. So I might just do this again, you know. Uh, that's a good deal. It's a, it's a mulligan. It's a, it's a do-over. So what if we had, what if we had a mulligan uh, in every area of our lives? What if, what, did, what if you had a financial mulligan, or what if you had uh, a health mulligan? Maybe you haven't made good decisions you know, you can, you can start over. We, we enjoy those second chances, right? Do it now. Take care of yourself now and uh, before it, it's too late. Uh, I used to play basketball with a group of, of men. Uh, Daniel would play as well. And uh, there were some older men. And then we started getting a lot of younger men, uh, started coming, uh, young men coming along. And uh, one time we were just talking about health. And, and there was a bunch of young guys and I, I just said, hey, guys, uh, we're talking about taking care of ourselves. And I said, let me just give you some advice. I said, um, take care of yourself when you're young, right now, your age. There were a few of us that were, you know, I was in my 50s then, and there were a few of us that were that age, but there were a lot of them in their 20s and 30s. I told them, take care of yourself now, because when you're in your 20s and, and you need to lose weight and you lose the weight, people say, man, you look good. He said, when you're my age and you lose weight, people say, are you okay? Are you sick? Is something wrong? So I would tell them, do it early. And one of the guys that was there, in fact, his name is Jeremy Bryant. He's, he's the voice of the ASU Rams. He was there and he, he says, he's, he did this. He nods his head and says, that's some good advice. I said, yeah, take it. Take it. Uh, so maybe, you know, we need a, a health mulligan. Uh, but you know where I think we need mulligans the most? I think in relationships, you know, things that we've said to people that we have a relationship with, that maybe close relationship, maybe a working relationship that we regret. I, I wish I hadn't said that. Things we've done that we wish we hadn't done. Commitments we've made that we didn't keep or commitments we've made that we shouldn't have made. Uh, I, I don't know if this bothers you, but it bothers me that sometimes I say the most hurtful and most hateful things to the people that I love the most. And I, I need a second chance. I always need a second chance when it comes to relationships. And God loves to give second chances. In fact, that's why Jesus came to earth. That's part of what Christmas is about, to give second chances. 
That's a, another part of God's gift. 2 Corinthians 5.17 reads like this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Think about that. He's talking about a clean slate. Talking about a clean slate. That's like if God took everything you've done wrong in your life and he wrote it on a board. Every sin, every wrong word, every relationship, mismanagement, whatever it might be. All the, all the unkindness, all the selfishness. If he wrote all those things on a board and then he took an eraser and he just erased everything. If he said, now it's just, it's all gone because I came to give you a new start, I came to give you a clean slate. So Jesus Christ came so that you could have a, a new start. Colossians 2.13, and I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation, reads like this, You were dead because of your sins, and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for He forgave all your sins. This is a free gift of God. It's an expensive gift. It's an expensive gift, um, be, uh, but you know somebody had to pay for it. It's free for us, but it was expensive because Jesus gave His life. So what I'm saying, you, what I'm saying to you is that God wants to give you a clean slate, a new start, a mulligan, if you will, a do-over. That's why Christmas is so important. There's a third benefit that happens when you accept. Chris, uh, this Christmas gift of Jesus in your life, and that is that you get God's purpose and you discover who you really are. You get God's purpose and you discover who you really are. This is a, this is a big one, folks. This is a big one. A lot of people are confused in our world about who they are. A lot of people are confused about their identity and it starts very early on, and, and I don't think as a culture we're doing a good job of help, helping children, and, and maybe even we're leading them astray. I'm talking just as a culture without God. Um, a lot of people are looking for their identity in the wrong places. But here's what the Bible says, and I'm going to read this from a paraphrase, Ephesians 1.11. This is from uh, the, the message paraphrase. It reads like this, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. That's purpose. What we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had His eye on us, had designs on us. That's purpose. He had designs on us for glorious living. Did you know that you were designed by God? He designed you. He planned your life before you were even born. Everything in your life, the Bible says, God planned before you took your first breath. But here's the problem. Our lives were designed by God, but we allow ourselves to get redesigned by other people. We allow ourselves to get redesigned by those around us. Pretty soon we start listening to the opinions and expectations of people around us. What will other people think if I do this? What will they say? We let, we, we let other people shape our lives. We, and we let everybody in on the action. Parents, grandparents, you know, friends, neighbors, co-workers. But it's only in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Here's what Jesus said in John 10.10. 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's his purpose for you. 
That's his purpose for us. Jesus said, my purpose in coming to earth is to give you life in all its fullness, in all its abundance. Because God has never made anything without a purpose. I, I think every plant, every animal, we may not know every, uh, the purpose for every animal. There's some that we think, why did God make cockroaches? I don't know. But whatever he makes, he, he has a purpose for it. And the only way you can find that is in God through Jesus. And then there's a fourth gift. The last one that um, I want to share with you today is, um, well, let me just review. God says, I want you to lose your loneliness. So he gives us his presence. He says, I want to give you a clean slate, a fresh start. So he gives us his pardon, his forgive, forgiveness. Then he says, I want to help you discover who you really are, really are. So he gives us his purpose. And the fourth thing is this. You get God's power. You get God's power and receive the strength to persevere. Because everybody's having a hard time, right? Life is hard. Life is hard. Life is tough. When you get to the end of the day, you get home and you're tired and you think, man, I'm just so worn out. I just don't know if I can just keep going with this schedule or with this situation because uh, life is hard. And, and maybe we might feel that way because we're trying to do things on our own power. God never meant for you to live on your own power. He never did. Uh, he says, I want you to plug into my power. Plug into my power. I want to give you the strength that you need so you're not failing and, and giving up all the time. That's the way we live life. Have you ever heard these phrases? Have you ever heard these phrases? In fact, maybe you can complete this phrase. People say, I'm at the end of my rope, right? Yeah, we, we know that. Uh, some people might say, I'm about to throw in the, the towel, you know, we're ready to give up. Others say, I'm, I'm coming un unglued. Others say, I'm, I'm all stressed out. Well, you, you know those sayings because maybe you have felt that way. You need strength in your life. You need power in your life. Where do you get that? From a relationship? A right relationship? A good relationship? A healthy, uh, sane, uh, sound relationship? Can be invigorating, right? But... Ultimately, that's not what's going to give us the strength that we need, but rather it's in God. Uh, in 2 Timothy 2.1, Paul wrote this to Timothy. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. God is saying, I'm going to put my strength in you through Jesus. This gift, the, the indescribable gift. And you're going to overcome you're going to be victorious. Things won't necessarily get easier, but you're going to learn how to handle those things with my strength, with my power, with my grace. You know, here's the sad thing that a lot of people go Christmas after Christmas after Christmas, and they never open God's gift to them. And so Christmas doesn't mean anything beyond just the family time, beyond just you know, the commercial side of it, because they've never really unwrapped God's gift to them. The gift of his presence, the gift of his pardon, the gift of his purpose, the gift of his power. And so today I just want to, as we finish up, I want to I consider this question. How do we unwrap this gift? How do we open this gift that God has for us? How do we un, 
unwrap this gift of his presence, his, his pardon, his purpose, his power. You do it by saying yes to God. By saying yes to God. By saying, yes, God, I receive it. I don't deserve it. But I'm going to put my trust in you. And my entire life is going to be not with, you know, people say God is first, you know, my family second. I don't think that's really the way we should see it. But God is not first. Rather, God is at the center of everything we do. Everything revolves around God. And so when you say, God, I'm going to put you at the center of my life, every decision I make, every relationship I initiate, uh, the, the way I do my job, the Bible tells us that we should work not to serve our boss, but to serve our ultimate boss, the Lord and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So when you put Jesus in the center of your life and you say, yes, you gave everything for me and you're offering me these gifts, so I give my life to you right now. So maybe somebody here today or somebody watching online has never made that decision or maybe you made the decision, but you walked away from living it out. And it's time to come back. It's time to come back and give your life to the Lord and unwrap these gifts. And maybe you're a follower of Christ, but just the way that you live has, has not really been with God at the center of your life. But maybe God on the fringes, a little bit of God, a little bit of blessing. You know, it's kind of like a flu shot. You don't want a little bit of the flu so you don't get the, whole, the, the full-fledged thing. And you, you want a little bit of God, but, you, you know, just to keep you blessed by God or whatever um, benefit we might think we're getting. Today I want to challenge you. It's time to open the gifts by saying yes to the Lord. Yes, I surrender. I encourage you to do that today as we bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this indescribable gift. I've tried to describe it, but really have fallen far, far short. Because we, we can't, in, 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 our, in our finite understanding, we can't wrap our minds around this gift. And yet you, you show us in your word enough for us to take the next step. And our step... Lord, now is to surrender to you. Father, maybe there's somebody here today that has never crossed that line of faith, has never said, Lord, forgive my sins. I receive this gift of pardon, this gift of forgiveness. Make me a new person. Give me a, give me a head uh, or a, a new start, rather. Give me a clean slate, Father. I pray that as they turn to you, they would know that the, that prayer is one prayer that you will answer. Come into their hearts and lives. Let their surrender be complete. Let their surrender be full. Let it be total. And for all of us, dear God, let it be so. Today, as we celebrate with our families, that we would take time to also unwrap this gift and to surrender to you. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for your gift of Jesus Christ. We honor you and we bless you in Jesus' name.